0: Sky in the Sky Media. This series contains adult language and descriptions of graphic violence throughout. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Three, two, one. Welcome back, Murder Chronicles Nation, to another bonus episode of of your favorite true crime podcast, The Murder Chronicles. I'm Brandon, I produce the show alongside the great Carolyn Sorio. Hello, Carolyn, how are things in the Emerald City?
0: They're awesome, busy weekend, homecoming, soccer, craziness, craziness.
1: Wow, wow. which, uh, how old is your soccer player?
0: Uh, 16. 16, boy or girl? Boy.
1: Boy, is he playing on the high school team? Is he on a club team?
0: No, he's on a like a club team, but he also plays basketball. So um, we're gonna transition into that. But it's so, it just is so great to see your kids just kick ass. Yeah. Like I really, I really enjoy that. My kids are
1: volleyball players, Mm -hmm. and just in the past like month, they went from the local kind of shitty rec league, you know, Mm -hmm. to really kind of falling in love with the game. And uh, so we signed them up for some um, clinics with the big mm-hmm. club teams in town, um, mm-hmm. and they liked it even more. And so it was about a month ago where they said we want to try out. My one daughter's thirteen. My one daughter's eleven. Um, they wanted to try out for for the club teams, and you could not make a club You'd get caught. You know. You yeah, know,
0: it's very, it's very, very competitive.
1: Super, super competitive. You know. And they were all like, Hey, this is going to be great. We're going to do this because let's be honest, you know, we, the things have been pretty easy for them up to Mm -hmm. this point in their lives. You know, Mm -hmm. they haven't really been tested on a lot of things. Um, especially not physically or athletically because they're, they're still pretty young. So as their dad, I was really, really nervous, really nervous, um, because they're confident and, uh, you know, reasonably athletic for their age. Um, bottom line is uh they both made their respective teams and when the coach called uh i was so nervous because it could have gone either way because the coaches were like they were treating it as they should they said listen not everybody's going to make it people are going to get cut feelings are going to be hurt parents are going to be mad don't call me if your kid doesn't make the team my job is to put the best team on the court to win tournaments period and that's it Mm -hmm and little little kids aren't really
0: i thought you were going to say that you were going to start crying no little kids aren't accustomed
1: to that type of adult kind of meritocracy kind of organization right if you're not good enough you leave it's it unfortunately it's a it's you know the the participation trophy generation that's going Mm -hmm. on right now well and
0: i think that that's why coach prime is having you know such a people are so into it because it's like totally back to old school kind of like you know hey i'm not going to give you a trophy you got to show up and and i and i i kind of i talked my husband and i were were out for a drink and we were talking and and i said i feel like you know i'm the coach prime of the relationship where Mm -hmm. he's the he's the one that's like hey any anything you need anything you need and of course he started laughing thinking oh right you're coach prime right right but what i but I meant, I wasn't acting like I was all grandiose about it. It was just that I I just I there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I'm like a mama bear, but there's that other part of me that's like you got to earn it. You got to yeah. you got to earn it. And and there's that dichotomy that I have um which can be kind of hardcore. So I like that. You know, I think that it's hard to see, but you know, your kids get, you know, my my son was playing basketball with high, with the high school and and the, the level of competition was so intense he just he was just sitting there like wide-eyed and i was just like you know he's yeah. not gonna have a chance and he sat on the bench the entire time <laughs> get like, like he'd get to play for like 20 seconds and then yeah. he was out yeah but i mean that's where you build that thing of like yeah you got to show up and you got to sit on the bench
1: yep yeah.
0: And that's what you have to do if you want it bad enough, you know, yeah. until you get better.
1: And you learn a lot <clears throat> from sports, and it's not always what you think you're going to learn. Okay. When I, when I was my daughter's age, either sixth or seventh grade, so it was either one of the other ages right in between their ages right now. Um, I want to play basketball. I wanted to play on the junior high basketball team. Yeah. I had a basketball hoop in my front yard, my driveway growing up, right? I could. Make free throws and shit. Like I thought I was a badass, and uh, it was it was laughable when I was out there trying out, and I didn't and I didn't make the team, and it fucking stung. It stung a lot. Okay, no,
0: we talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, but then I what I realized is that I I did not really excel at team sports
0: yeah i hear you brother
1: individual the sports were better and so i got into into bmx bike riding where i could Mm -hmm. could do it at my own pace and 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 the only person i was competing against was my was myself um Mm -hmm. and and i excelled at that and i loved it and i did that for the next five years you know and Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's one of the things that you learn you're a team player or you're not
0: you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean I think that's where you learn to be a team player. You learn, yeah. you know, how to I, I wish that I would have played team sports growing up. I didn't. And I and I feel like I really it's such a pleasure to see my kids doing it. Yeah. And I'm living vicariously through them. But like I have to stop myself because on my jogging route, I see the main coach. He jogs too. Yeah. And there's that part of me where it's like, you know, we're waving, we're waving, we wave, and I have to course, I know how this works. I want to be like, Hey, you know, Patrick, <laughs> you know, yeah. next week, <laughs> it'll
1: be like, Hey, I want to smash him in the knee. Yeah, I know. I hear you.
0: <laughs> I have to stop myself because it's like, you got to let your kids do things themselves. You yeah. know, you, you can't, you can't, I mean, I know that that's maybe not the popular thing to say that if you have an opportunity to give your kid to be like, Hey, you know, my son, um, But he's got to earn it, and and I just think that's really important. So I'm I'm really I think sports have a place, and
1: see I'm enjoying watching. I don't remember ever expecting my parents to come in and solve problems for me. Okay, like because
0: we're Gen X, right? But there was
1: one time where my brother, my brother was a senior in high school when I was a freshman, where he and his friends published a really subversive underground newspaper in school, and um. (laughs) <clears throat> yeah, 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 and uh, and the problem was that they they did it on school grounds using the school's like Xerox machine because they're fucking morons, right? Oh and so they were. I mean, gonna...
0: how subversive could it be? Oh,
1: oh, you don't know my brother and his friends, so
0: okay.
1: they um, <clears throat> so they were going to get kicked out of school and not allowed to graduate, oh. and, and and really bad. And so uh, <clears throat> my dad stepped in and hired an ACLU attorney and came in and, and saved the day. Um, but up until then, like everybody else, it was expected. Parents were like, you did it. You fucked up, you fix it. That was it. You know, <laughs> that's what we were expected to do that. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. until it got really serious, like, oh, you might not graduate and it'll fuck up college plans and stuff. Then, then, then my, my, my dad got involved. But, um, and then there was another kid in my high school who, uh, <laughs> I won't say his name, but he didn't. He didn't get selected for the National Honor Society. Okay, didn't get selected, and his parents freaked out and stepped in and tried to like fix it for him. And he got so much shit from everybody. Oh, mommy and daddy are gonna come and try and save the. And they like sued the school, and they lost, and everything. And so, so
0: my god! Not
1: only were parents not expected to come in and and fix shit, but when they did. <clears throat> you got you got your balls b- broken for it, you know,
0: um,
1: mm-hmm. because you couldn't like fight your own battle. Kind of maybe it was a little too aggro, um, but now my kids are at the age where they're hearing that from authority figures. Okay, like we were touring a, a high school that my older daughter might want to go to, and they were talking about admissions requirements, and they said we look for kids who solve their own problems, who don't expect mom or daddy to come in and call me if they get in trouble or if things don't go their way, deal with it. We're here to prepare you for life beyond. And I went, no, that's
0: a little,
1: yeah, but it's a little, as a, as a dad, like, gosh, are we there already? I remember when she was a, you know what I mean? Like the passage of time that kind of landed pretty hard. Um, But also, you know,
0: I mean, mean, you had to love the message, right? Love the message. Love the message. I'm
1: confident that my kids are going to be that way. You know, my kids will be fine. They're, 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 they're smart and they're confident and they're, uh, you know, um, they'll be fine. But it's good to hear that she might be in an environment where that is required, you know, where that's the norm. It's not the exception, you know, which is nice.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Because do. that's not how it is a lot of time, you know, <laughs> I'm kidding. you okay. got to teach that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? Yeah. I mean, they have to experience what that feels like full circle. Yep.
1: Exactly. Exactly. All right. Good talk. I don't even know where where have we got onto that, but let's, know. let's talk.
0: About- discipline and training.
1: Well, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. <clears throat> Speaking of, I didn't know where this was going for 75, 80% of the episode. Okay. <laughs> because I don't know if that means I'm a misogynist. I don't know if it means... That uh, I trust women too much. I'm not sure what it is, but mm-hmm. I, I, was, I went into this for, again, for, like I said, for the first two thirds of the episode, Mark's the bad guy.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You, you did it on purpose. Yeah, you got me. Good for you. Woo. Yeah, take a victory lap. Now leave me alone. No, okay. So, um, all right. So, Mark Stover, Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. guy, had a bit of a bumpy path to success. Mm-hmm you know, drop it out of high school. Um, and then interesting path towards success with, uh, loving dogs, loving animals, which is, I think, super cool. I love animals. Mm-hmm. And we're in the dog business. My wife owns a, a dog grooming salon and doggy daycare in Hollywood. So yeah. really, Yeah. 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 Um, has for almost 20 years now. Yeah. It's great. Uh, so and i can also really relate to your a beloved pet dying in your teens and that having an effect on you i mean who, who i mean that happens to if you're lucky I know that sounds a weird way of, it's a weird way of putting it, but, but that was a big, it's no, a weird, I think
0: that that's not weird. I think it's true. If you can bond, if you're lucky to have it. I mean, one of my favorite books when I was a kid was where the red fern grows. I mean, it's Jesus. It's, it's like a heartbreak. I know. Oh. I tried to read it to my kids. They're like, no, thanks.
1: <laughs> no, just stop. No, I mean, lucky in both ways, lucky to have a companion like that. <laughs> and then lucky to have that lesson in death you know, and losing someone that, you know, something that you, someone that you love. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so he becomes this dog whisperer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he, um, like in a big, in a big way, you mentioned Ichiro, mm-hmm. one of the greatest baseball players of all time goes to this guy. So I trust him in, instantly. Um, you know, and he's a witness in court and like, and all this stuff and great. Um,
0: yeah, because that's next level. Yeah, that's... There's being really great, you know, family, man's best friend, training a great dog. And then when you're training, like, service animals, you're training police dogs. Like, that's a whole nother level. Yeah, it's like life
1: you know? and death. Uh... I've, I've mentioned before, I did a, a podcast with a Navy SEAL for a number of years. And uh, we did a couple of episodes on on the importance of their canine soldiers basically like going to battle with them like they parachute in places and shit i mean crazy they also do some stuff that's a little like they file down the the teeth oh. and give them titanium oh, titanium fangs to really no up. Yeah, yeah 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 wow yeah.
0: That's... <laughs> wow Wow.
1: can you imagine right
0: oh now i can yeah. jesus
1: wow, it's crazy um but so all right so he meets linda he meets Linda, mm.
0: an heiress. Mm. Yes, yeah. Well,
1: that's the problem, right there. Oh my gosh, that's yeah, the problem. But I used to ski on K2 skis when I was a kid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. I, that's it's it's weird thinking of that. Just a family owned it. You know, you think it's some huge, you know, whatever corporation. Well, I,
0: well these are really rich people. Yeah. So you can yeah. keep that mindset in there because they were very, very wealthy. They owned an island. Yeah. That, do any kind of an island, you
1: could own an island for 10 bucks in Puget's. I mean, there's like a thousand islands. up Oh there. my yeah, gosh, happening. don't oh, be impressed God. with owning an island in Washington state. Give me a break, it's not like the Bahamas.
0: What are you? I'm not even gonna buy into your trap. Well,
1: you buy another, I, what pine trees and fucking oh grizzly bears. Ooh, oh, big, deal. big deal, big deal, big mm-hmm. deal. Um, <laughs> so uh-huh. they start. But how great, if you're a dog, how great mm-hmm. is Canine Island Adventure Sound? You're oh, fucking running God, trails. God, really. You got yeah. beachfront. You get mm-hmm. whatever treats you want. Oh, man.
0: Oh. I mean, it's like, I wish that we treated humans as well oh, as some shit, people.
1: treat right? Our dog, right? Okay. Oh, my gosh. Um, <clears throat> but then things go south in the marriage. So one thing you didn't really specify, there were no kids, Correct.
0: There were no kids. There were no kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, um,
1: so things go south. Mm-hmm. She wants a divorce. Yep. She owns the island.
0: Her parents, or her family, does.
1: Yeah. Right. So Mark's got to leave, and now what I what I've glossed over first is how, no, no pun intended. Mark was like a dog with a bone for these wedding pictures. Like, what was it? Why do you have such a boner for these wedding pictures? Like, what was the thing for a woman that left him and wanted a divorce? He needed the wedding photos.
0: I think that there's a lot that we will never know about this case. Yeah. We don't know how much I think he, you know, my opinion about it is that, you know, he didn't want a divorce. Yeah, he, of course. the idea of throwing these wedding photos away was just so soul, soul crushing for him because it was the memory, the day, the, you know, a representation of their their you know bond together or whatever but but I think it was just a trigger for the fact that he just you know was so upset you know yeah I mean that's that's my take on it. I don't think that when we get to the end of it all that stuff about like him reaching out he'd moved on in my opinion yeah you know I feel like that was all bullshit with the wedding photos you know from Michael Oakes's perspective.
1: Well, we'll get to that because you you, you 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 threw a sentence in there that was weird. That the wedding photos were found in his house, that he had them.
0: Yeah, that that's what the private the private detective or that private Mark, investigator The guy
1: who wanted them so badly after his death. They found the pictures in I his mean, house.
0: Had, they were there,
1: like the whole time
0: they were there. I mean, that's what she said.
1: That's weird. Okay, but so anyway, so <clears throat> so Mark has to move his business. Which is very disruptive mm-hmm. but he's able to to power through it um
0: well and one other thing too yeah. i think that there was a lot of friction with the business i think I get, that there was a lot it, of, you had to
1: pay her 100 grand right
0: and 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 like she was it sounds like she was trying to poach the clients by bad mouthing him and right. not poach them which is basically you know that's a that's a business where you need to have your shit together you cannot be having all these personal, you know, people don't want to deal with that, especially people who are celebrities who can do whatever they want, hire anybody they want. Yes. Celebrity
1: or no celebrity. Yeah. Pets are (laughs) are family for people. Mm -hmm. You know, you're spending this kind of money to send your dog to a fucking private Island. Okay. You're going to want the dog to be taken (laughs) care of. You're not going to want to hear anything bad about the person looking after your beloved family member. So, so yeah. So if she's trying to, Trying to kind of take his legs out business wise, okay. That's that that would that, that's an issue. But he seemed like you said <clears throat> he took his lumps right. Like if he had a he had some some dark a dark time. Yeah, he gets popped for it. He's got to get on parole. He's got to do his anger management. He's got to do all that shit. And sounds like he really got his shit together mm-hmm. and kind of moved mm-hmm. on with his life, which. Yeah. For a certain kind of narcissist or a certain kind of egotist uh, that might piss him off to see that someone you want to suffer, not suffering, right? It's like the reverse side of the best revenge is living well, you know, he started doing okay and was, and was surviving and thriving without her. And so ultimately I think that's the lesson here is what drove allegedly yeah,
0: I mean, it just doesn't. It's it's kind of a. I think that's what was interesting to me about the case um, is that both people had moved on, but had they really? I feel like he definitely had moved on, but she was still living in the past for whatever reason. Because why else would she want to destroy, allegedly destroy? Um,
1: She's the one who filed for divorce. He begged exactly. her to stay. She said, "No, I'm out of here. I'm leaving." So he leaves. He well the Alfred plea comes up again. Great. Reminded me of what I learned, you know, last year, mm-hmm. what an Alfred plea mm-hmm. is. Um uh, but wait, so he meets someone new, Linda meets someone new. And then the next real kind of like big thing is he gets like doxxed, basically, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the in, real, in the real world. Like he yeah. 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 Put, and and if you listen to the 911 tape, it's like it it totally is like the person's like whispering and like, I want to know. like, it's so sketchy. And, and Michael Oakes was as ex-wife. I don't know if she testified. She interviewed, um, she was in an interview and she said that when she heard that it sounded to her like Michael Oakes. Of course it was him. I know exactly. Was but I was thinking, like they wanted to, This guy, I mean, what that takes to mess with someone's life. Well,
1: we'll get to what I think it is, but the real hero here is the cops that did not, Arrest him on the drug charges. Like, all right, this right. someone's fucking with you here. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have you had a van full of dogs, right? Like you've you've been you, your nose has been clean for years now. You're it's someone's fucking with you, get out of here. Right. That was that was super cool. Um
0: but but he still had to deal with that stress. Of course, I was thinking about how stressful that would be. Yeah if somebody is like literally trying to bring you down, yeah, and there's the law is involved. And you know, you never know which way that's gonna go. You know, I mean, he could be completely innocent. And you know, you get a judge that doesn't like you, you get a prosecutor that's like, hey, you know, I don't think he's a dog whisperer, I think he needs to go down because it's an election year. And you know, he shouldn't get any special favor, you know, whatever, right? Like, that would be so stressful. Of course. You know, and he was living that stress.
1: So what about the other side of it? So Oaks. <laughs> Now let's let, let's let's put ourselves in that situation, right? Linda who's got yeah. this, who's just bitter and mad and I wanted to ruin this guy's life and his business is doing mm-hmm. great and he did this place now and he's got employees and fuck him. Mm-hmm. And so now she's got this new man in her life, right? And mm-hmm. so what does she say to him to convince him to do murder on somebody, right?
0: She had she was like recording Collating, collecting everything, and this is where there's always that saying: two sides to every story, and mm-hmm. that's why I set the story up like that. Yeah, because when you get one side to a story, it can be very convincing that this guy is a complete abuser and he's like gone off the rails and he's a stalker and he can't let go. And so I think that she was very convincing, and I do think he did go off the deep end a little bit. I think that that
1: you know, Mark did
0: that that. That marked it.
1: Yeah, after. originally, right, and he and he and he got in trouble I, for it, and he did yeah. what he needed to do and got his shit together.
0: Yeah, but I think that you know she spun it. You know, people can always spin. And yeah, yeah, yeah. A great spin doctor, and then once she was able to like romance, you know, throw that in there. That's really powerful. That's where
1: I think it is. Powerful. I think, yeah. I think it could be something like really primal. You know. Totally
0: it absolutely where she's, where she's was. talking to a new
1: man saying saying shit like how can you live with yourself that my ex is still out there driving around but well, you know how can you do aren't you a man
0: you know what I don't even think it was like that i think it was like totally sexualized and like I I just wish we could be together, and I just feel like this is hanging over my head. And sure, it could like, be that it could be. So, it could and be she's me. doing this. It's like foreplay. No, she's like totally. Yeah. And and I mean, as an evidence by the the captured footage at two thirty in the morning on her doorstep, where you know he's like going out to battle, and she's like she
1: like caressing him. Oh. him and like. So <laughs> yeah. two things on that. Two things on that. It could be something like. You know, he he hurt me years ago and, and was never punished for it. Okay, he terrorized oh. me and got away with it. One of my favorite movies of all time, top five, is True Romance, Oh, I love that movie,
0: of course. Yeah. When yeah.
1: Clarence comes back after killing Drexel, okay, mm-hmm. in Alabama, doesn't know if he's alive or not, and he's eating a burger and his face is all fucked up, and he just goes, "I killed him." And she starts crying and he's like, he's not worth one of your tears. Do you wish it were me? Do you fight? And she goes, no, I think what you did was so romantic <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> because he killed her pimp, right? And and that was such a turn on for her. And it was romance because he put himself out there for her and, you know, and risked his life. And so... Yeah, that's obviously a dramatized Quentin Tarantino version. Well, no, of-
0: I mean not even really like the Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith sure. kind of
1: thing. Absolutely, we had a
0: you know there was a reel that like unfortunately got into my algorithm and like you know she's just like you know I didn't go to that to the Oscars with him as his wife, but I left. You know, oh gosh, as, as his wife and I'm like that's that's what that is. Oh, that
1: it's so gross. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so so there we are. So now.
0: <laughs> hook, line, yeah, hook
1: line and, sinker. and
0: sinker. So
1: now he's out there doing all this really, really <clears throat> stupid shit.
0: Totally
1: stupid shit. It was Absolutely. self defense, but I already had the body weights to dump him in my trunk, but it was self defense.
0: it's like How that do you thing saying
1: that and be and want to be taken seriously.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I felt like they should have had a team of like creative writers coming up with something better than that defense of like these pictures and like, bring them, bring these pictures at 7am. Right.
1: But I mean- all of that, well, all I'm saying is that if I'm the judge and this judge was great, cause the judge didn't believe a fucking word out of his mouth, but didn't mention that
0: <laughs> we have
1: you before you show up at his house, Go to a fucking Walmart, right? Mm-hmm. And buy the elements required to weigh a body down in water. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you go to his house and now you say it's self defense. Like that, right there, it's you're done, dude.
0: Well, I mean, in a Kevlar vest, a Kevlar go bag. vest right. I mean,
1: and if you kill someone in self defense, what the judge said, why not call the police right afterwards and say, hey, something terrible happened? I'm not fleeing the scene. Here we go. This is what this is. The, you know, that's what a law abiding citizen does. You don't dump the gun. You don't buy it. Right. You don't buy a drop gun to begin with. Okay. <laughs> then get, fucking get rid of it and get rid of the body in a fast moving fucking body of water. I mean, just, it was all. It, oh, you,
0: you know, who was the hero in this is Amber. Dingo. Who? Dingo.
1: Oh, the dong. You didn't I mean, tell me what happened. Did the dog die from the gunshot wounds?
0: No, I think she I think she lived. <sighs> Shot yeah.
1: three times in the face.
0: Three times going after
1: Yeah, of course. You no, know,
0: of course. The, the absolutely man's best friend, you know.
1: So, this guy, Oaks. Yeah. <laughs> It's just you couldn't leave a clearer trail of your dipshitness than what this guy did. I know.
0: Okay. The chain. The chain. You go to
1: Lowe's and you rent bolt cutters and then bring them back on time so you don't go over the four-hour rental charge.
0: <laughs> the fuck is this guy doing? And why do you even have to like go into that grange parking lot? You oh, couldn't God. find some other and place it, and it to looked do
1: like a cold war. And look, you know what it reminded me of when you got the murder box. When you like you had to go to that location and you like you backed up your car. Remember you were telling me that story?
0: <laughs> right? Yes. Oh it's my like God. Some, it's That's like, what it was. Right. It's
1: like some Cold War information exchange. We go trunk to trunk. Yeah. Don't fucking look I at know. me. All <laughs> right. Give me the thing. It was just the so
0: Smoking st- man. Absolutely. Yeah. It was just Absolutely. So st- and then he stupid. describes these women, like I didn't include this, but like he described these women as like two biddies. That that were like right, you know, calling it like calling like he it was in on a him.
1: body. So he probably was moving a body. That's so it's <laughs> just so stupid. Uh, so often in these cases, police can rely on the stupidity of criminals, right, to make their job a little easier. Um, <clears throat> but that's when I, I love that part of the episode when. Um, when we just get a detailed accounting of his day at the two 30 in the morning, he said goodbye to his fair damsel in distress. And I'm off to slay the dragon kind of shit. Right. And then,
0: you know, it's funny because if it was truly a romance, a true partnership, a true love, you're, you would never want your partner to go do that for you. No. You know what I mean? No. You would never, ever, ever want that, you know? And, and it's, it's It's just...
1: Listen, if it's a true romance type of situation where mm-hmm. the woman that I, <clears throat> I just recently fell in love with <clears throat> is being lorded over by a violent pimp, okay, maybe I'll go do something, all right? But again, that's in no, a movie.
0: I'm she wouldn't want you to.
1: Right, that's in a movie. What? Alabama I- didn't ask him. Alabama told him, don't go over there. Exactly. But Clarence had to.
0: Exactly. Clarence
1: had to because he's exactly. going to be or there wouldn't have been a movie.
0: Right. But he, that's the thing. Right. He didn't need to because Mark had moved on. Right. He wasn't right. doing anything. He hadn't contacted her in almost two years because so, that was, the, he was at the end of the domestic violence protection order.
1: Right. So your thing is that, and I, I think I agree with you that it was Linda manipulating Oaks to go and do all of this, that it wasn't Oaks's original idea. Like I need to get rid of your ex because I can't live with that motherfucker still being around.
0: I mean, this out. is, this is absolutely, you know, I mean, let me just say all the disclaimers. Nobody's been charged. Nobody, but I mean, just, you know, my personal opinion. Well, Oaks is doing time for this, right? Yeah. yeah. He's the only one doing right. time. That hasn't been implicated. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely not. You know, he totally, I mean, we always look at the motivation yeah. who benefits cui bono. Right. 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 Mark or Michael, Michael Oaks he didn't even know mark stover right you know why why would he have a beef with him other than you know than ego and, right uh, you her ego
1: well or or Not- i mean look there are some really toxic fucking dudes out there <clears throat> who carry this high school mentality where you know like i need to fight my girlfriend's ex just to show that i'm a man right i mean
0: mm-hmm. sometimes
1: that that teenage testosterone just kind of embeds itself and that becomes part of your operating system you know um, mm-hmm. thankfully it's rare uh, but um,
0: I mean I think that 2.30 security cam footage says it all yeah. you know what I mean yeah. like I mean if you were gonna do that why wouldn't you do that while you're still sleeping <laughs> you know what I mean yeah sure but, but that 2.30 you you go and you're like, okay, he's he's going somewhere. I mean,
1: but using you know? using the 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 Cui Bono uh, mm-hmm. line of of thinking, how does Linda benefit?
0: I mean, I don't know her, so it sounds like based on what the private investigator said, there's this thing of like having to win at all costs. Right, right, right.
1: right. That's what I wanted to get to. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and, and is that a function of growing up privileged? Is that a function of how you were raised? Was daddy like that? Was daddy like, you know, I have to crush my enemies business or otherwise. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, I, I have, I know someone that's like this and I never knew anyone like this before Mm. where they had to, for they had their own reasons for things that didn't make sense to me at all. And they had to win in whatever way they wanted to win, at all mm-hmm. costs. To me, it was like we're both losing, you know. So that was my first real taste of that. And there is, you know, me personally, this this idea of like somebody has an agenda; it doesn't make sense, and yet they're gonna they have to win at it no matter what, even yeah. if it at, even if they're hurting themselves, which clearly, uh, you know. <clears throat> we don't know exactly what happened. You know, M- Michael absolutely was hurt by this. I mean, I don't feel bad for him because he, you know, basically is in prison for 26 years. He doesn't get to be with his family and his children. So, you know,
1: hmm.
0: I'm kind of talking in code a little bit, but I know, you know, I'm just
1: is Mike as uh, Mark's widow. Did she carry on with his dog business that you know of?
0: No, I mean, they were engaged. I think that, um, I don't know a lot about what happened. I mean, when you're the dog whisperer, you're the focal point, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he had the talent, he had the, and and was amazing at it. And, you know, to get a very well-trained dog is such a, for, for your life, you know, to, to have a dog like that is so great. Oh, yeah. You know, that's perfectly trained that, you know, you got to do everything right. You know, it's a lifelong friend.
1: Yeah. Ah, wow. <clears throat> <Whew>. Well, <clears throat> nice job hiding the ball. Mm-hmm. Again, I thought, you know, I, I was waiting for Linda to turn up dead and Mark being the stalker.
0: Like that's mm-hmm. what I was
1: waiting for the whole time. Uh, yeah. So that was nice. It was nice. It's like you're walking down a familiar path in the woods and you end up somewhere different, um, which is cool. So great job. Really enjoyed it. Um, uh, any plans for Halloween?
0: You know, we were planning on having a huge party mm-hmm. and then we just got like crazy busy with just so many, so many things. So um, we have plans, but not, and I'm actually kind of grateful that we didn't because then I end up doing a lot of this stuff and I just don't have time for, you know, you know what that is. The fixer. Yeah, like you, you, I know, you Dr. Know, I know, Dr. Phil, I, yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, that's kind of what my role is in these things. And I just was kind of like, again, waiting for the kids to engage and they kind of never took lift off. So they were talking about it and I'm just like, you know what, until I see some action. Yeah. So what about you guys?
1: Yes. It's our, it's our 14th annual, uh, pumpkin carving extravaganza. It started Mm -hmm. when, you know, before we had kids and we were just in this little apartment and our friends in the building, we all got together in the courtyard and there were like five of us and we carved pumpkins. The next Mm -hmm. year there were like 10 of us and then we started having kids and then we moved into a house and then, you know, there were like 20 people and then the kids started having friends and it was like 50 people. Now there's like 130 people coming to my house.
0: I can't even, yeah.
1: You know, and, and and it's terrible for me. And my wife doesn't understand. It's ter- I, I love seeing the kids interact and I, but now it's just a bunch of stupid boys running around. Right. Because my girls are that age and the parents don't give a shit and they are just sitting over there drinking and their kids are being assholes, you know, and I got to run around and, Oh, you're out. you need a carving utensil. Great. Oh, here's the, this, or the bathroom this way, or here's where the food is. Oh, we need more ice. I like, that's me. I'm a fucking cruise director. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't get to enjoy it at all. And to mm-hmm. prove to my wife last year, I wore my Apple watch during the party. How many How many steps? Okay, party started at three o'clock say. and went mm-hmm. till eight o'clock, five hours.
0: I'm gonna say 17,000. I didn't leave my property. 17,000. Have we talked about
1: this? How did you hit 17,000? No.
0: Because I am you, but the female version. It
1: was 17,340 steps.
0: I, I, we have not talked about it, but because, I know that's why I'm so happy that I'm not it going was, to be. Make- In charge of that.
1: Couldn't believe it. And I'm all sore the next day. And then I do all the cleanup. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: But the kids love it. My wife loves it. It's
0: tradition. It's a bunch of bullshit. But you know what? It's so worth it. I mean, at the end of the day, I just don't want to do it if I can't do it the way that I want to do it because then I'm anxious. You know what I mean? If I don't get to clean the way I want to clean and have everything set up the way that I want and it's half assed, that just freaks me out. And I just can't. I can't do it, you know, so yeah. I was giving myself a gift by saying next yeah. year.
1: I'm not complaining, but I'm complaining a little bit. So anyway, well, that's good
0: luck, soldier. good luck. That's
1: what I will be doing. At least mm-hmm. it's not a costume party, which is great. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, you know, trick or treating. The mm-hmm. girls still like trick or treating. So,
0: oh yeah, my kids still trick or treat. So, yeah,
1: but we'll do. So, all right, well, let's wrap this up. Thank you for joining us okay. nation. Um, Please consider supporting the great companies that support our show. Head on over to Apple, and um, please, you could write a review. You can rate us, share with your friends. Um, It helps more than you know. Uh, Carolyn, anything you'd like to add?
0: Nope. I'm Carolyn Osorio with Brandon Morgan, and we will see you next week.
1: Thanks, everybody. Stay safe.
0: The Murder Chronicles is a Pie in the Sky production recorded live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We are produced by Brandon Morgan and myself, music by Soundstripe. For Pie in the Sky Media, I'm Carolyn Osorio, your writer and host. Thanks for listening. Seeking the truth
1: never gets old.